What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 88 of the Super Nerd Pals podcast. I'm your host for today, Chris Sampson. I'm Stan Gadersky. I'm Andy Carasquillo. Before we start this episode, do we want to take a moment of silence for a very rough <sighs> week? I just, I, w- I just want to say that we we don't try to be very political on this show, but I feel like I'm not alone in saying that this past week has been kind of garbage, been kind of really garbage. I just want you to know that if you're listening, you you are you are our friend and we are we're never going to discriminate against you or make you feel unsafe. And so we hope that you come to Super Nerd Pals, join us here at the table, you're our pal, and we hope that by us becoming incredibly upset or happy over stupid bullshit like video games, comic books, etc is going to give you a bit of levity during your week and maybe make you forget about your problems for a few minutes. And I think that's that's what we're going to try and live up to. And that's I feel like what we do week in and week out. So I guess what I'm trying to say is business as usual. You know, we we just talk about silly stupid stuff that in a, in the greater span of things it doesn't really matter, but at the same time, it does because, you know, you listen to us, you you geek out, you interact with all your pals on the Facebook group and Twitter and stuff. And what we do, it just takes your mind off of things in a while. It, gets, it lets you unwind, and that's a, great, that's a great gift we can give you guys. And It also helps us take our minds off of the bullshit, too. So it's like a mutual, beneficial experience that we're having. Um, come escape with us into a world of nerdery. And then, Chris, you come in with the synth music, like... Throw in some Willy Wonka. Come with me to a place full of... In the corner. Yeah, and then... And then I take a bite. You have yeah. to drink tea from it first. All right, Stan, for for the editing purposes, give me your best slurping sound and your best crunching on a... You want me, you want me to do yes, some right now. work? Right now. We are okay. starting your voice over career right now. There you go. <laughs> A plus, man. A plus. Ugh. All right, well, welcome to the show, everyone. Um, other than... President elect Trump. No, um, don't no you're gonna you're gonna fucking bleep that okay. right now. Okay, Immortan Trump. <laughs> Immortan Trump. Immortan No, you're not no, you can't even no. I'm banning it. Okay. Right. Banned. Okay. Immort- How was your week, guys? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, My week was uh was decent besides uh you know who. You know who. I feel like he's like Voldemort. Yes, you know who, who shall not he be. He just named. took over the Ministry of Magic and we're all doomed. Fuck, man. But besides that, I've had a pretty pretty decent week prepping for Pokemon, you know, doing my normal shit shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. Uh I bought Skyrim special edition for PS4 cuz I felt I like I needed a little um immersion and escapism this this past week. Skyrim's really good. I put 40 hours into Skyrim on the on the PC 
uh, years ago. And so coming back to it, it's familiar. But at the same time, I'm doing shit completely different than I did the first time. So it feels fresh. So I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Excellent. I thought you were going to say you put in 40 hours this weekend. No, no, no. You'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, 40 hours all told on the PC version. I didn't I, I didn't finish it. I've never beaten Skyrim, like the main quest line, but um, I was like a, a fighter character on the PC, and now I'm like straight rogue and like half wizard. So I'm like picking locks and like summoning zombies. Cool. Stan, I have a question. Because um, with the announcement of Nintendo Switch, we, we saw extended footage of Skyrim HD being played on there. Were you considering getting Skyrim for Nintendo Switch, or you just wanted to dive in with the PS4 version, or, or both? I, my initial plan was to wait for the Switch, but I felt like I I really needed some sort of catharsis and like escape escapism. Like so, I I really it's been so long since I played Skyrim, and I just I really needed something that I can lose myself in for a weekend and more. And so I decided to just jump the gun and get it now. I still might get it because as I'm learning while I'm playing it, I'm still I'm seeing shit and like doing quests that I never even encountered the first time through. So it's like uh, it's a testament to Bethesda and how they build their worlds. Because I'm I'm doing like the magic college now. Like I'm in magic school and <laughs> and like I joined the thieves guild. And these are like things that like never even encountered when i played as my like warrior class the first time so i mean i might still get it if it comes to the switch just because the novelty of having it on the go and i could play yet another character that i've never considered before i know it's not nintendo's mo but like what would be what would be so cool to like transfer your saves from like your ps4 into nintendo like just using like a flash drive or something that would be i feel like fucking Awesome. I feel like that'd be something like Bethesda would implement. Like they have um, a website that you need to log into now, so you can upload like uh, the mods. I feel like they should be able to like let you like pull your save over or something. Um, speaking of mods, they're not really great in the PS4 version, mostly because there's just not many compared to the Xbox One, and also they disable your trophies if you install them. Uh. It like. Um, it like clones your save file, so you have like the same save file except mods installed. But it's like I'd I'd kind of rather would play it without mods just to get the trophies. And also, all the mods are just like they're like immersion mods. They like make the game look a little better, or they add like effects or different dialogue stuff. So it's not like if I'm gonna put mods in, it's gonna probably be more like Macho Man Dragons and shit, and that doesn't really exist. And so the other scope of mods that I tend to put on, if it's not, like, wacky mods, it's, like, immersion mods. Like, I think on the PC I had a mod that if it was raining outside, every time you went into a building, you could still hear the rain, like, hitting the, the walls and the, and the roof while you're inside a building. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I would I would love to add mods to that to my PS4 file, but I don't want to disable trophies at the same time. So it's, like, a catch-22 where I... I want mods, but I, I don't want the mods. And by the time I get to the point where I have the trophies, I'm done with the game anyway. And there's no, like, wacky things that I could just, like, I'm going to fuck around and put this mod on because it's just, like, the mods on the PS4 aren't crazy. They're just, like, immersion mods, kind of, like, visual and audio stuff. 
So I'm not I'm not dicking That's around so with mods. It's stupid to disable uh, trophies for like visual mods. If I mean, it was something that was like physically game breaking, that'll like well, make trophies. There there are like cheat mods that are like oh god mode ring and like oh all stats one hundred. So I kind of see where they're coming from with that, but at the same time, like who gives a fuck? You know, just like let let people or I don't know, I don't know. I'm not using the mods. I just usually when I on the PC it was all like visual and audio stuff, and I think the special edition of Skyrim looks like the modded standard version of Skyrim that I had on the PC, so I'm fine with it. But yeah, that's what I've been doing this week mostly. Cool. Speaking of mods and Skyrim, uh, this is a plug. Uh, this is an awesome YouTube series you should watch. Um, I assume a lot of our, like Stan and I and Andy, uh, we're big fans of like Polygon and Griffin McElroy and especially shows like Mabim Bam, YouTube series like Monster Factory or uh, Griffin's Amiibo Corner. But uh, Griffin McElroy and Nick Robinson, who do a podcast together called Cool Games Inc., which is really awesome, they started a brand new web series called Touch the Skyrim. And it's this hilarious Let's Play series where Griffin McElroy, he forces Nick to watch him play the remastered Skyrim, but he, he adds mods on top of mods to break the game. And it's, it's painful to watch, but so hilarious. I highly recommend it. I'll put a link into the show notes. Just watch it. Um, other than that, I, I had a pretty good week. It was kind of ironic. Like, uh, after, after Tuesday, uh, I watched uh, Mad Max, uh, the Black and Chrome edition in theaters. With my friend Starla, and it was really awesome. It was like my sixth time watching the movie, and watching it in black and white, it really makes it feel like it's a completely different, a completely new movie. And it was an incredible experience. I'm pretty sure it's not in theaters anymore. It was only playing for a week, and it was really weird because I felt like there was zero advertisement about the Black Chrome Edition being in theaters. Um, the only reason I found out is because one of my friends, who's also a big Mad Max fan, she she posted something on on Facebook, and there was like literally nothing else on like Facebook and Twitter uh, advertising this. Um, but if you missed it, don't don't worry. It's gonna come out on the extended Blu-ray special edition uh, the first week of December. So that's part of the, the package. Other than that, visited my friends in Charlottesville and had a nerdy time just playing Magic and grilling and uh, watching this really cool BBC show on Netflix. I highly recommend it. It's called Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell. It's all about like 19th century English magic and sorcery. So it's really cool. It's a like an eight episode series based on a book. Highly recommend. Nice. So yeah, let's kick it off with the newsflash. That sounded like a painful, a very, really... Okay, well, I, well, yeah, it's fine. it's fine. Anyway, okay, so this past week, it's, um, we had a bunch of new trailers that come out. So first, we have the second international trailer for Star Wars Rogue One. The first official live-action Ghost in the Shell trailer. And the first official trailer for the live-action Beauty and the Beast movie. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of trailers. Um, it's really exciting time. I can't wait for next year. Um, 
thoughts on the the Rogue One trailer? Uh, well, I'm personally trying to go in Rogue One as blind as possible. Oh yeah, same. I actually didn't. I'm purposely avoiding it. So okay, no, well, no then... uh, words from me about it. Okay, well, for the purpose of the spoilers, then I won't mention anything about it. I heard there was a uh, a boy in there called Mister Mister Vader. Mister Vader, He's... yeah. He, this is the first time he ever showed up in the trailer. He looks awesome. He was making sandwiches. Making sandwiches for all for all his friends at the Rogue One, <laughs> which is the diner <laughs> on the Death Star. The the Death Star um, Canteen. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, for the sake of spoilers, then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed the Rogue One trailer. That's all you need to know. Okay. So go watch it. We'll put, I'll post <laughs> go it. Go watch notes. the trailer, or don't watch the trailer, like Andy and I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do something. Don't just sit there. Okay. I, I for me, I have I have zero self control. I had to watch it. It was good. I was it was totally worth it. I did see the Ghost in the in the Shell trailer though. Yeah. I saw that. Give me your thoughts on that. It's pretty cool. It's it all right. It looked it looks like Ghosts in the Shell. It Which really makes does. Me one, it makes me wonder why they even bothered to make this movie. If it's just if it's gonna look exactly <laughs> like Ghost in the Shell. Uh, it's it's but. interesting because you know, especially with with most comic book movies, sticking to the source material is a very big stickler. I, I guess you can't please everyone. The trailer got mixed reactions. Like half of the people, they were very pleased with the trailer. They they appreciated. Like how faithful it was to the source material. Other people were like in the complete opposite direction. Like they were like, "Oh, this is why? Why make the movie? Like you might as well just just watch the original." And I could see the validity of both sides. I for me, I thought it was visually stunning. And if you do like a side by side comparison between the original 1995 trailer for the movie, um, as well as like one of the iconic scenes from like the beginning of the movie where the major is. She's on top of a roof, and then she like just jumps off. Like that's straight from the anime. I don't know. I each time I watch the teaser trailers that that happened during uh, the season finale of Ro- Mr. Robot, or just this trailer, I I get even more optimistic. I know that's a pr- problematic position, but I felt like my with my uh, my policy is you know just watch the film, make your judgments that way, and I think. I think this would be a great movie. I mean, whitewashing aside, I, I still think it's gonna be a good movie. That's just me. Um, I'll, if I'm proven wrong, fine. At least, but at least I came to it with an open mind. I don't know. I think I'm rambling now. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, I'm just straight up. Enjoy- I'm really excited for this movie. So. I think it, it, visually it looks really cool. Um, you know, the whole scene where she's falling off the building and then she's running on the side of the wall. I and then the weird like spider things. Yeah, the spider like the, the like the weird old lady geisha robots that their mouths open. They turn the spider. Yeah, like, those oh. things. Yeah. I mean, personally, personally, I like movies that um that follow animes. Um, because usually, if it doesn't follow the anime, it's more than likely to fail. Some examples being like I personally hated. Both, um, both live action Death Note movies, the Dragon Ball movie, for instance. Well, that's, that's just that's one. just a given. <laughs> uh. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing at all, as long as it's executed properly. I... The director, he he, 
I think they premiered this at a Tokyo film festival. Of course, he was being interviewed, and I thought his explanation, or I guess his defense of ScarJo, I thought it was pretty interesting. He was saying how ScarJo has like 20-year pedigree in being involved as a as a very prominent action, a female action movie star, and she, they specifically quoted something along the lines of she has like the cyberpunk ethic. Which I'm not quite sure what they they're talking about. I if they're alluding to her, her role in in like Lucy, I don't remember what other cyberpunk film she's been at the moment. But I guess she, the director was saying like he, she has experience in th- those type of tones of, or that specific tone of movie before. There hasn't been official word from Masamune Shiro, the original creator of Ghost in the Shell, but Kodansha Comics, the people, the, the the main publishers, they are they praise her casting very positively so you know i mean that's that's uh aside from shiro i mean that's as close to getting a positive review from the horse's mouth directly so that's that's interesting you know what at the end of the day at the end of the day i think we'd all be lying if we would say that we're not gonna watch this movie i I feel like we're just all gonna watch it anyway very Um, true whether or not that's in theaters remains to be seen but i feel like at some point we're all gonna see this film um, I I think it looks cool, you know. Like I, I don't know. I I think I'm I'm really excited for this. Not not just because it's Ghost in the Shell, but you know, anime. Like aside from like the Japanese or the the Asian uh, movie market, and live action anime movie adaptations are very prolific. You know, they, they've churned out so much. Um, and you don't really see that a lot in the West. I mean, we've tried. Lord knows we tried and we failed horribly, but like, I feel really optimistic that this could be this could be the gateway where like anime gets becomes like a household name. Um, I mean we've had like pockets of like su- successful stuff. You know we had uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live Die Repeat, the movie with twenty names, but all it's all you need is kill. That's what it should be. But uh, despite not doing as well in the box office that that movie still got positive reviews and it's been really really killing it in like dvd sales so it's been it it became a cult classic i don't know and and then you also had movies like chronicle which is basically the closest we've had to a live action akira movie so i'm 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 hoping ghost in the shell this just opens the door to more um anime adaptations in the west and i feel like that's one anime adaptation that should be done Akira, like that—that that shit needs to be done. Someone need to do it. Oh, uh, they—they've been trying. Uh, there's always been on and off uh, mumblings and ramblings and in, in Hollywood, but it's in perma development hell. I, if I remember correctly from the last time I, the, the most recent stuff I read, uh, it's just the project's not going anywhere right now. We'll see, we'll see. But uh. If you're if you're scratching for itch, you know, read the manga, watch the movie, and definitely watch Chronicle because um, it has I, again that that movie is Akira, but not Akira, but so still so good. I mean, if anything, you know, worst case, Ghost in the Shell could be like X Men One for anime movies over here. Like after after the first X Men came out, it was like here we go, all the comic book movies. So maybe this will do well enough that it'll like kickstart everything else and snowball you know rising rising tide raises all ships if this does well maybe it'll filter into more fans who decide to check out the anime for the first time 
and go from there, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, we do have that other live-action Death Note movie coming out, too, this year. I thought it was or a Netflix series, year. right? Oh, is it? I have no fucking clue. Uh, no, it's a... No- okay, I'm sorry. It's a movie being produced or helped by Netflix, but on Crunchyroll, apparently there's another live-action Death Note drama series. There is, and it's really fucking Really? Good. Okay, I'm I put it on my queue. I haven't it. watched it yet. It is really good. Each episode is about an hour long, and it's only about six episodes long, or... Or eight, something like that, but it's fucking great. Excellent. Does that cover only the first arc? Covers everything. Oh, it covers everything. Okay, sweet. Well, I need to check it out. Again, uh, Ghost in the Shell is going to come out, I believe, in March 2017. So, a couple months. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, any thoughts about the Beauty and the Beast trailer? Like, I know on my Facebook feed, it went viral, and I, it's, I think it's pretty great. Um, I think I think Disney's been doing it really well with the live action Disney adaptations. Uh, the Jungle Book was great. I think this is the second movie in their in their slate. Um, I really hope they do Mulan because that'd be badass. I would. I just that's that's like the number starring, one. Starring Scarlett Johansson as Mulan. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I think Beauty and the Beast looks great. I think it's gonna be. An emotional ride for lots of uh, for like boys and girls who are watching up with Dis- watching Disney movies right now, and you know parents and grandparents who raised their or who you know watched it and grew up with it too. So I think it's be good. Nope, maybe. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. I'll check it out. I mean, there's not much to say. Disney's been doing this like live action thing recently and it's been fucking killing yeah just cashing in on nostalgia right (laughs) i wonder if they're gonna lean hard into the stockholm syndrome stuff (laughs) (laughs) i guess we'll see yeah all right next piece of news how miyazaki you know he can't stay away from making movies he is coming out of retirement officially to produce one more feature-length film so he originally went to retirement in 2013, I believe. But he didn't resign completely from animation. He was he wanted to focus, or he he said he was still going to do smaller projects. So one of these projects was called Kamushi Noboro, or Bora the Caterpillar. Uh, initially, this was a short film being created for the Ghibli Museum, but he got dissatisfied with what he did so far. So now he just wants to make it into a full-blown film. Originally, it was a 12-minute CG short, but he wants to make it to a full-length film, so that's awesome. And this is quoting The Verge. Uh, Miyazaki was saying that the film was the story of a tiny, hairy caterpillar, so tiny that it may be easily squashed between your fingers. So yeah, the movie's about a caterpillar, and it's gonna be emotional and heart-wrenching and beautiful. So... I'm excited. Anything Miyazaki, I'm down for it. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, I love his movies, so. Which one's your favorite? Or is it really hard to rate? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of hard, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Spirited Away. Yeah, I think my favorite Spirited Away. I remember watching that in theaters, and it was just it just blew 
my brains out. It was just so freaking beautiful and crazy. I like my neighbor Totoro a lot. I think it might be my favorite, but Spirited Away is probably a close second, I think. But I, it, Totoro is like the first Miyazaki movie I've, I've seen, and so I am a little biased. And I also, I like how like chill it is, even though, you know, Totoro might be like the Grim Reaper or something, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how you watch that movie. Um, I don't know, I like it. Nice. And Spirited Away is like more active i feel like it's more active it's a more active film like there's more shit going down but totoro like feels like a very like relaxed passive movie that you'd watch like on a, on a lazy sunday or something i don't know good stuff so far we don't have a release date on miyazaki's film but you know we'll we'll wait as long as it as it takes because it's just it's gonna be gangbusters it's gonna be awesome all right next piece of news so uh i totally missed the bus on this I just lost track of time, but uh, when, this past Thursday, I picked up my copy of Dishonored 2 at a local GameStop, and I realized that the NES Classic uh, was going on sale. So that that went live this past week, and to much fanfare, uh, it it's extremely popular, and places are selling like crazy. And I feel like this... This year, the NES Classic is last year's Amiibo Crisis. Oh, yeah. There's just nothing but shortages and rampant scalping and disappointed people everywhere and website crashings. So, um, and this is a limited run console, right? I, I don't I, I don't know if they're going to make multiple waves, but... I think Nintendo tweeted that they're going to be releasing more of these to try and meet demand now that there's like an insane amount of demand but um they knew the demand yeah was they, be knew, they knew they, this happens every fucking time with them every time ever since the wii has been going on if you if you look at um anyone tweeting at um nintendo new york there's lines for for this thing like there were lines for the wii when that first came out there's people lining up down the block for a box that plays fucking 30 roms it's just a box that plays roms <laughs> it's uh it's 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 interesting because i believe this retails for 60 dollars 60 bucks yeah um, 60 bucks and it's it's reselling at like crazy prices like 200 or 300 and more and i'm wondering like at the same like i mean i guess if you could wait you, you i mean Best of luck to you if you can, but at the same time, you you might you you could just also buy an OG Nintendo and pick up, you know, the original cartridges from your local convention or uh, what's it called, video games New York or any. And also, like, let's let's be real, let's be honest. You can buy most of these games on the virtual console. You can get Final Fantasy One in like a thousand different ways on a thousand different platforms. You can get all of the Mega Man games. In the Mega Man Legacy Collection, like you can get these games. It's not Very like true. these are the only. This is the only pathway. I think it's just like people with like nostalgia goggles on. Like, oh, I I want this tiny version of this thing that I had, or like my dad had, or some shit when I was a kid. You know, it's just I. You know what? If you want uh, a NES Classic or whatever it's called, and you can't find it, here's a good alternative: get the Sega Classic. That thing is really small too, and it has eighty Sega games in it. 
And you just plug and play. It's got all three Sonics. It's got all three Mortal Kombat's. It's got the Streets of Rages. Um, and it has a cartridge slot on top. So you could just put in any Genesis game you want. I have it. It's pretty damn cool. So, yeah. How <laughs> about that? <laughs> I agree. There's a lot of legitimate ways to play these games without having to fork over $200, $300 of your hard-earned monies. And and listen, you can do it cheaply, and a lot of them exist on the 3DS Virtual Console. So if you have a 3DS, you could just take those games on the go with you. Pretend you're playing fucking Switch if you want. It's just so, so many easier ways to do it than, like standing outside in the cold on a line to get one of these things i mean it's it's cool and it's cute and i'm not gonna lie if i walked into a store and i saw one right in front of me i'd probably buy it right but like i'm not like losing my mind trying to get it like calling GameStops and like fye and ringing the phones off the hook all day to get one like it's not that serious i'm waiting for the nes classic heist to happen It's, it's it's gonna happen now if they release a snes though if they if they release a snes classic put earthbound on that shit i will be there (laughs) (laughs) and and also there's also consoles like the retron 5 and i i just uh heard of another console that's similar i don't remember the name but this newer console you can actually download from your legitimately acquired uh cartridges for like game boy or game Boy color or and you, you download as a rom and you just put stick it into the back of the console on a flash drive and then it it gets stored inside the console so there's that i i'll i for the life of me i can't remember the name of this uh i'll research it and put it in the show notes but you know that sounds fucking amazing yeah it's really it i i read about it sometime in october it's a it's a really nifty machine um it's really cool i th- i'm not qu- i don't quite remember if it was like a kickstarter or indiegogo but it's it's under development. It's not, it's not on public release yet. But the Retron 5 is. And that plays like Nintendo, Sega, and X amount of other uh, systems. So and, I, and it supports save states for those games too. So you, you can just like plug in a Game Boy game and just fucking save it wherever you want. And stuff like the Retron 5 has HDMI output. Oh, hell yeah. So then you, you can connect that to Elgato and re- capture your gameplay and, and do it that way. Yeah, so if you want to like put the uh, Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors for the Game Boy Color in a Retron Five and then output the HD, I don't know why you'd want to do that. But <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. <laughs> it's not a matter of why you would want to do it. It's a matter that I can yes. do. Yes, that's true. Player choice, oh, player freedom. I just want to say a little side note. I have Metal Gear Solid for the Game Boy Color, and for the longest time, I had a save file at the end of the game because I couldn't figure out what to do next. And I recently tried to act to play that game again to see how my save file is doing, and the battery died on my Metal Gear cartridge. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. So I wonder if I ever got a Retron Five, I'd probably be able to use like save states on there. So maybe I'll, I've never beaten that game, and it's sad that the battery died on me. <sighs> well, the moral story is don't don't go crazy over the NES Classic. There are alternative means. Yeah, and uh, Nintendo apparently is on the case. I think if you, if you don't get it, don't worry about it. You'll save your money for the Nintendo Switch. How about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. So we're gonna go on to our last piece of news. This was another piece of news that escaped my attention, but apparently back in 
April 2015, we first got word via Twitter that Telltale Games is working on a Marvel property. Inadvertently, there's been a leak. This was revealed through the ongoing voice actor strike. Uh, There was information that leaked that the Telltale Marvel Games' latest property is going to be based on Guardians of the Galaxy, which is awesome. I... I, yeah, I, okay. All right. <laughs> sure. Stan, no, you don't. Sure. You don't, you don't, no, you don't. Yeah, no, no, why not? Yeah, why sure. not? <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, why not? Fuck it. Not my, not my like... first choice. Not the first thing that came to mind, but sure. All right. What would be your ideal choice? I feel like it would be like, should have been like Spider-Man or Captain America or something like fucking iconic. Like super iconic. I and I personally would have gone with like X Men. X Men would have been dope too. I, th- I think X Men would have been really cool, and especially if they did it did it a little differently, where they made it so that you were a new mutant or something, and you had to choose like what path you were gonna go down. Like maybe you were gonna lean towards more Xavier School, maybe you're gonna lean towards more Magneto, or you could just play as fucking Wolverine, whatever. I don't, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um. I guess, you know, you think about it, it, Guardians of the Galaxy tonally feels really similar to the Borderlands game that Telltale did, where it's, like, these kind of outcast, like, humorous characters, like, being heroes or whatever, so I guess it makes sense, but it's, like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be great when it comes out, I'm sure I'll, I'll love it, like, I love everything that Telltale does, pretty much. I'm curious, is this going to be related to the movie that's coming out next year as well? I mean, if you look at Batman, Batman is their own thing. It's like their own um, Elseworlds Batman tell that you're playing through. So they'll probably do the same thing with Guardians, where it's like their their take on the Guardians. That way they give you the freedom to make the choices or whatever. Although, like, I don't know what kind of choices you'd make as a, in a Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, you know, like, are you... Are you are you gonna are you gonna water Groot today? Like I don't what fucking choice what hard choices are you making as like Star Lord? Um, do you beat the bad guy or do you not beat the bad guy? Yeah, I want to see a trailer. I mean, I'm sure this. I'm sure it'll be. I I have faith in Telltale. Everything they put out recently has been great. All right, well we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so. Stan, you're, you're you're down for an X Men Telltale game, and I would love an X Men. If I had my choice of Telltale Marvel stuff, it'd be it'd totally be X Men. It'd be all new X Men. It would be it, it would be Laura Young, like the young original X Men, Iceman, um, you know, and then you can like fuck shit up. I really like your approach on like you choose like Magneto or choose Xavier or maybe some other obscure organization like i don't like the hellfire club i mean fuck you want if you wanted to make a a comedy game for marvel you do squirrel girl because squirrel girl totally if she feels like a telltale character because she's always choosing the the funny option she's always choosing to try and make friends with the bad guys before she beats them up so (laughs) like plus you know if you if you want to like massage that that a little bit squirrel girl I don't care what occurred in continuity Marvel says. She's a fucking mutant. You know, have a Squirrel Girl join the X-Men. Play a Squirrel Girl in the X-Men. And then, and you know what's going to happen? The Craven's going to show up in Telltale Game Squirrel Girl. Exactly. That's oh, That man, gives you access to Howard the Duck. That gives Howard the Duck, Telltale. Come on. 
you got to solve a mystery, but you're like interacting with <laughs> fucking all the heroes. You like make Spider-Man cry over Uncle Ben every other day. Like it was <laughs> the best. Uh, I'm changing my answer. Telltale's Howard the Duck. Awesome. I think it's perfect. That would be amazing. And are you gonna stick it, stick it with Spider Man? Like which Spider Man? Like uh, it would probably be like some cool shit, like Spider Man twenty ninety nine, or or um, maybe like after Spider Man gets the Venom suit, and then you get to make your choices. Like, like do I want to fuck people up, or do I want to just be this OPS Spider Man? Andy, they have a game. It's called Web of Shadows. Have you heard it? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of Web of Shadows. Yeah. I actually haven't played it. You haven't played? I love Web of Shadows. I love it so much because you'd be a total asshole Spider-Man if you want. You'd be asshole See, Spider-Man. See, that's the Telltale game I want. I want to be asshole Spider-Man. <laughs> there's, there's, to- there's, there's, there's totally um, an option, a choice you have to make at the beginning of the game, like after you get the symbiote suit where you're like hanging out with Black Cat and Black Cat's like, hey, Spider-Man, you want to spend the night? And then you're like, well... I'm with Mary Jane, but you know what? Let's go. You can do that. You can do that. And that game uh, now we're gonna get out of the out of hand right here, but like that game has like eight fucking endings. Like depending on what you do as Spider Man throughout that game. You can get eight different permutations of that ending. That game used on PS3 is like twenty bucks. You can take over Manhattan. That could be one of your endings where you just decide That's fucking this, this is Spider Island, bitch. Get get off. <laughs> I want this game. Things, uh, things will. I'm surprised you know. You, I totally recommend you playing that game, Andy, because things will pop off if you're, if you're like an asshole Spider-Man. You can like kill the vulture. I think like <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can you can turn Mar- uh You can turn Black Cat into your like Venom Queen, like infector with the symbiote. And, and, are like, you serious? Your, Is that a yeah, thing? that sounds green. awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great if I had to tell, tell Spider-Man game Spider-Man Spider-Man and, uh, and uh, Penny Parker team up oh man Ka- Spider-Kaiju or Spider-Mecha combining that's what I want that would be another cool one like uh, Spider-Verse Spider-Verse Telltale holy shit that'd be that'd awesome that'd be fucking cool I would bring him back to the 90's new clone saga Telltale yeah dude bring back Scarlet Spider why yeah, is it be like, comics yet? I would say Clone Saga, but my hatred for Clone Saga is telling me no. No, but they can like do those real hard choices like, oh, am I am I a clone or am I gonna like, you know, try to be the real Peter Parker and like the other Peter Parker's like, hey, but I'm the real part Peter Peter Parker and you'd be like, fuck off. Shut up. It's me. <laughs> I could be Spider UK. Or Spider Man India. <laughs> yeah. Or or Noir. Oh, the noir one would be so fucking cool. Yeah. It would kind of play like Batman, I guess, but still be cool as shit. And ma- and yeah, you like have you be Spider-Man, but you'd also have a gun and you <laughs> you'd also like have a drinking problem probably. <laughs> no surprises for me. Uh, I just want I want a Ghost Rider Telltale game where you you create your own Spirit of Vengeance and you meet every other Ghost Rider. And then you end up in Ghost Racers. And then you just find... You just get encounter like the craziest Ghost Rider. Like, I don't know his name, but that one Ghost Rider from that comic where it's a, it's a Ghost Rider T-Rex riding an F- F-22 Raptor. I want him and my Ghost Rider to be best friends. And then you just they'll travel through hell 
and then they'll end up in the prehistoric era, and we just kill, and we just we just beat up dinosaurs. Mine would be just like a a real mundane ass Ghost Rider where you're just like you get a flat tire, you gotta take a cab, and the cab driver's like twenty two fifty, and you're like, do I tip him or penance there? <laughs> just just so you know, Chris, I googled it. To, His name go... is T Rider Rex. T Rider Rex, yes. Okay, you know what? Uh, just T Rider Rex, Telltale. That's all I need. That's all I need. You order fresh direct to your house, and the guy brings the package, and it's got the eggs in it, but all the eggs are busted. <laughs> Do you tip him or you pen and stare? Pen and stare. All the pen and stare. So good. Just like the cover of it would be like Ghost Rider sitting on a couch with his like head on fire and just like watching TV. <laughs> He's late on his rent, so he decides to engage in illegal like drag races at night, and he gets caught by the police. And they're like, "Ghost Rider, you should know better." He's like, "I know, I know." Pen and stare gets away because of fugitive <laughs> from the law. <sighs> so that's, that's it for the news alright so for my topic this week uh, gonna be talking about Pokemon Sun and Moon Hype comes out Friday I Pokemon. cannot fucking wait Pokemon, Pokemon. Uh, Chris are you getting hell it? hell yeah I am Stan oh I got a pre-order on Amazon son I'm getting that shit with that 20% prime discount mm-hmm. oh yeah 30 um, bucks Pokemon now what versions are you guys getting Moon, I already we were I we settled this we settled this long ago. Moon, I, I don't care <laughs> if it's twelve hours ahead. When the news first announced, I pre-ordered both by leaning towards Moon. Although I'm I might just get both just because Pokemon Sun has that mosquito-looking character that looks like a JoJo stand. It's like I need it. I need this mosquito Pokemon <laughs> that looks like Star Platinum. Oh, it's, it's just. Uh. I'm, I'm, I, have, I have weak constitution. So how, So what are we doing for uh, starters? How, are we sticking to our guns where we originally picked all those months ago? I am still 100% sticking to my guns. Poppy, though, I have to say, like, I really, I'm really digging um, the final evolution. And you called it with the water fairy. So. Yeah. I was not seeing... The uh, grass one turning into a grass ghost. That uh, that definitely took me by surprise. But I kind of like all the starters. I like them a lot. Um, yeah, I, this is one of the one of the rare cases where I think I would be happy with no matter who I picked in the end. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Like all their final evolutions look fucking amazing. Their typing—it's stuff that we've seen before, but not in starters. So I. The um Rowlet especially his like final evolution looks like very Green Arrow and I love it with his like hood and his his bow. Yeah, I think he looks like so Green awesome. Arrow or kind of like ninja esque. He looks fucking awesome. Yeah. A fun fact about uh, his grass ghost type: apparently, his final evolved form is based on an owl that's native to the well that was native to the Hawaiian ecosystem that's now extinct. Hence, why it's a ghost Pokemon. It's like holy shit. That's 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 really that's messed cool. up. But that's really cool. But um, I was super surprised with him becoming like Green Arrow Owl Pokemon Man, and it's like holy shit. This I think I I was originally Litten, but I think I'm gonna change to to Grass type for my starter. I mean, Litten's looks fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, Litten turns into a Tiger Mask yeah. basically, and Fire Dark. It, I, I saw so many people getting tripped. It's like oh man. 
firefighting, fuck that. And they find out it's fire yeah, dark. It's like, exactly oh, I love them. I love them like. now. Yeah, Fire Dark is cool. I I I honestly can't dis. I love I love all three of them. I love what I love the idea of a water fairy, of a ghost grass, and a, and a Fire Dark, and they all look awesome. So I'm probably leaning towards Rowlet, but I'm not. I won't. I I'm telling you this right now. I won't know for sure till Friday, till I get my hands on the game, and I'm like, oh. This is also like a rare occasion where we finally get like three starters that can all beat each other, but then they can also beat each other in reverse. So, like, for instance, like, you know, obviously fire beats grass, grass beats water, water beats fire. But in this case, it's also, like, dark beats ghost, fairy beats fairy beats dark. So it, it's kind of the other way around also, which is fucking awesome. Interesting typing. This can't wait. Did you guys play the beta and acquire Ash's Greninja? Oh yeah, hands down. Yeah, that. apparently you you could play it more and get more stuff, but I kind of don't feel like it because I'm kind of all right with that. Um, the one thing that I think is pretty major that we didn't get a chance to mention on the show is that red and blue are coming back. Yeah, fuck. And yeah. they're mature and they're apparently pretty friendly. They don't have like an intense or as intense rivalry. It's more like a friendly rivalry now. They're, like, in their well, early, early 30s point, now, so... Yeah, I guess at this point, like, Blue is already, like, a fucking professor, and, like, Red's just trying to find more Pokemon, because he's already did that master shit. Yeah, plus, Blue already had his Vegeta moment, where he acknowledged that Red was, like, his his better, and so now he's, like, free to, like, not hold grudges anymore, so... Yeah. Um... Do you guys have any idea who you're picking for your team, or are you just kind of going to catch them as they go? Uh, I'm just going to go in blind, catch them as they go. I, I just I had trouble enough trying to figure out which starter I was going to do, so um, just come as they go. I'm definitely going for, um, what the fuck is that one Pokemon called? You know the one. Which one? You know the Describe one. Describe it. That goes boy. Ghost. In the Pikachu costume. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. Mimikyu, right? Yeah. That's for sure going on my team. Like, I'm 100% going to track that, that guy down and put him on my team. Uh, 100% for me, I need that Alolan Marowak. Because that looks so dope. I mm. 100% want that Saladin. That, like, black Salamander-looking thing. Fire, fire poison type. I wouldn't mind an Alolan Raichu for my for oh, my yeah. team. Um, I'm also very partial to Sylveon. Sylveon's one of my favorite Pokemon. So, if I can find one, well, I assume you'll be able to get an Eevee. You can so. you can actually catch Eevees in this game. All right, so there you go. Probably add Sylveon. Sylveon, like the last Pokemon game that I played was X and Y. Well, X Pokemon X, and I, and I wasn't expecting to ha- to have a Sylveon. Or, like, enjoy having one on my team, but it became, like, one of my favorite, like, my go-to, like, wreck-ass Pokemon on my team, so... Sylveon's a really awesome tank. It also dishes out a lot of damage. Yeah, that's why, like, as soon as I found out, I was just like, yep, this is, this is my, this is my friend right here. (laughs) Is anyone gonna, interested in that smug-ass, uh, asshole-looking Meowth? (laughs) Um, no, because when it evolves, it turns into, like, Garfield, like, purple Garfield. <laughs> so, no. 
I am kind of interested in Alolan Radicate and uh, Alolan Muck and Alolan Executor. Mm, Those are because uh, the long neck. Well, no, that and he's Grass Dragon. So like that. Oh that's yeah, fucking that's, amazing. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I already have kind of a decisive team I'm going with. Uh, I have it on my phone somewhere. Yeah, I cannot wait for this game. Um, there's also rumors that this game might be two regions long. I I was hearing that too. Um, you're also supposed to be like part of the story is you like building a Pokemon League for the Alolan region or something like that. I have no idea. This um, game is gonna be great. Yeah. Also, you can create your character again, and you can customize them. So I that was my that was one of my favorite parts about X was just like finding like a cool pair of pants and a jacket for my character. Even even like a trailer. new hat or like new glasses. Yeah. Like it was just so cool. Like green contacts. I switched when whenever I went to the snowy part of the map, I always switched to like the coat because I was like, oh man, it's cold outside. I gotta put on a coat. <laughs> so. But yeah. Pokemon X, uh, Sun and Moon, not X and Y. <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna get it. It's gonna be great. And I will, I will. Also, hey, listen, is Dragon Ball Fusions coming on Wednesday? I don't know. <laughs> is that? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this is normally not time for Dragon Ball Z news, but this this was a big piece of news that we. That we shared on the Facebook group last week. Uh, but according to GameStop and Amazon pre-orders, apparently the game is being released one a full month earlier than well, well not a full month, but a lot earlier, earlier than it was supposed to. It's supposed to come out like like this week, like the, um, the November twenty second. It says on oh, November twenty second. So that's okay. next uh, next Tuesday. Wow, this is I, I'm I'm really excited. I'm also stressing out because Pokemon Sun Moon comes out this week. Not only that, and then GB Final Fusions. Fucking Fantasy comes out that day, doesn't That's it? That's right. Oh no, it comes out the week That's later. Right. The 29th. Uh, 20, it comes the 28th. The, something like that. Yeah, the 28th. Um, uh, at, Amazon still lists Fusions as the 16th of November, which was which is the day that this drops. <laughs> also, uh, it's... Kirsty's birthday, so happy birthday, Kirstie. Happy birthday, if you're listening to this, Which, which, happy which you birthday. won't be, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. But shit. Um, yeah, the, this fall. This fall for video games. Um, I haven't even broken it, broken open Dishonored 2 yet. Just, oh, That's gonna sit in that so wrapping many, until... So Too many games! I just uh, finished Titanfall's uh, campaign, too. And like just immediately jumped into Skyrim, so it's a lot of a lot of stuff. And I heard Watch Dogs Two is really good too, so we might be checking that out too. We'll see. Excellent. excellent. A lot of games, a lot of games before game a of the year. Of Nothing compared to next year though. Next twenty seventeen. It's almost as though they knew that we need some escapism, oh. and so they're dropping all the games. Little, uh, all the games. Got a little little. Quick news too. Kingdom Hearts got confirmed for uh Kingdom Hearts two point eight got confirmed for January twenty eighth. Oh my god. And wow. Kingdom Hearts one and two point five coming to the PS4 in March. Man. I'm not platinuming those games again. 
I'm not fucking doing it. Seriously, no. the first three months of 2017, you got you got the uh you got uh Gravity Gravity Rush two, Horizon Zero Dawn, you got you got Kingdom Hearts, uh you got Persona five. Holy shit, too many. Mass games. Effect Andromeda is rumored to come That's out right. in March. Fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, starting off really strong. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Well, sorry to wrap up so soon with me, but I have to go. It's all right. We'll hold down the fort. Uh, I have faith. All right. Thanks, Andy. See you guys. Peace. Peace. All right. So let's move on to comic book pools. So, Stan, uh, what are you reading uh, this week? So, Superman 11's coming out, which is the continuation of the the arc that has Batman and Superman and their sons getting together. Um, All New Wolverine number 14 is coming out, which continues Enemy of the State number 2. And Squirrel Girl number 14 is also coming out, so I'm going to pick those up. Yeah, those cool. are my pulls. Nice. Andy, he only has one pull for this week. It's Nightwing issue 9. As for my pools, um, I have Batman number 11, so this is the third arc. Yeah, wow. Uh, Batman's really moving along. This is the third arc. It's called uh, I Am Suicide. It's basically Batman going against Bane. I also going to pick up Reborn number two, Joyride number seven, and one that's particularly close to my heart, uh, Vampire Hunter D, uh, Message from Mars number one. Now, um, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, Vampire Hunter D is one of my all-time favorite anime franchises because Vampire Hunter D was very integral into my, like, my second coming, my second awakening of anime. Because when I was growing up, uh, I, was all, uh, I was a Toonami kid, so I watched all the, th- all the great things that came on Toonami, so like Dragon Ball, uh, Ronin Warriors, Sailor Moon, Tenchi Muyo, uh, so on and so forth. But uh, when I join my high school's anime club i was just I, I was just like a noob at the club they were they were just showing like these really really amazing anime that just blew my mind and expand my horizons one of these was vampire hunter d if you're not familiar with it it's a heavily it's like a sci-fi slash fantasy slash i guess like steampunk franchise where it follows a damphir which is a half vampire half human so think blade uh his name is d and it goes around on this earth that's set is ravaged by like creatures of the night, and there's like zombies and werewolves and vampires, um, lots of crazy combinations of technology and sorcery. Uh, I really enjoy the show or the movie, all the other related media. So it's a collection of movies, anime, light novels, and now it's a comic book. And this adventure, Vampire Hunter D, he's gonna track down monsters and eliminate them on the planet mars so that's awesome so i'm really excited all right uh stan uh so you or last week you uh you were interested in mother panic number one and Mm -hmm. how how was that mother panic number one's really awesome it lived up to the expectations of the summary that they wrote for it it's written by jody hauser and with art by tommy lee edwards um, it's part of DC's Young Animal line, which is by um, Gerard Gerard Way's uh, line of comics. He co-created Mother Panic, and it's, like I said, really awesome. The art's great. 
Um, the main character, Violet Page, she's kind of like an anti-Bruce Wayne. She's rich. She's like kind of a celebrity in Gotham. Um, but she's like not really uh, like a role model. Um, she's like a hard drinker. And she's kind of like Jessica Jones-esque in her personality. She like doesn't give a shit. And um, she's she's very much like the antithesis antithesis of like what you would expect like a bruce wayne character to be she has a tragic past she has a really cool suit uh but there's like there's so much mystery going on in this book that it's like she has this really cool outfit she's got like this cool glider um but we don't know where that suit came from we don't know why she decided to start suiting up um we don't know what her motives are you get some instance of what her history is, but you don't know for sure. You don't know how she has all this money and you don't really know what she's up to. Violet herself is sort of like when asked if she's like a hero or a villain character, she she basically says that she's a work in progress. So she, she's not sure herself what she's doing right now, but she's sort of it says that she's like trying to get vengeance, but that's not exactly clear. Um, there's also a bit of a murder mystery going on, and so there's like l- there's like level upon level of like mystery and secrets going on in this book. That's like really awesome and makes me really interested in seeing like what this is because Mother Panic's like this completely new costume character in Gotham that has no ties to the Bat family or any existing villain. It's like she's like this complete like anomaly that just showed up and started doing stuff and one of my favorite bits is there's this person that she wants to question and the person's getting attacked by criminals or whatever and so she jumps in and starts beating up the criminals or whatever and um, when she's done the person that she's saving is like wow like thank you you must be one of the bats people and she punches him in the face and knocks him out and she literally says quote not censored fuck the bat picks <laughs> him up and carries him off that's awesome to go like interrogate him or something like it's it's super awesome she's just like she's just this hard-ass character and like i said I, I love the fact that she just lives in gotham and and is a vigilante but has zero connection to anything else existing so when you read the book you you you're familiar with the setting with gotham you know you know, Batman hangs over this comic book like a shadow, and he makes a brief appearance, like a couple of panels, but it's mostly to see the aftermath of Violet, like, beating the fuck up out of these criminals and kind of being like, what just happened? Um, so it's cool. You get to see like, this whole other side of Gotham that you don't get to see because it's like, you know, this is this is the part of Gotham that isn't, like, in control of Batman, and so he doesn't hate... He's, like, there and, like, present and... It's not it's not like one of this thing one of those things where like you watch like Luke Cage and he doesn't say Jessica Jones's name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what what? No, they're it's like they're completely they Batman is mentioned. Um he has a big influence in this book but he barely shows up. This is all Violet's story and it, it's really cool to have this new hero in in a place that's really familiar or and, and just to see this story play out. Her father was, like, killed. Her mother is mentally ill. Um, she seems to have some heroic tendencies. She hasn't killed anybody yet, but it's it's very, like, up in the air what her affiliate, affiliations are going to be. And it's, it's going to be cool to see how she, like, 
intersects with the heroes and the villains of Gotham because you know eventually that's gonna happen. But um, yeah, the the art's like super cool. It's like very like dark and and moody. And even though there's not a lot in terms of like who who Violet is as a character, I feel like you get enough that you want to know more. And yeah, it's I I was left very very pleased with the read and I'm super excited to see where this goes and I I was a little disappointed in Doom Patrol because I I thought that it looked good visually but I just it just went way over my head with how weird it was like I couldn't get Doom into Patrol's it Doom Patrol's always young like animals, that. it's just been really yeah out there. and I wasn't expecting it to be like that and it's like really it's like almost too out there for me like I can't can't wrap my head around it and the other young animal in, um, books, like um, Shade the Changing Girl and the guy with the cybernetic eye, those are also like really weird. And so Mother Panic is the most grounded of the young animal stuff. But I, I like it a lot. It's like it feels like somebody crossed Jessica Jones with Batman, and like that—that's what you get. You get this this hardcore badass woman in this all white like future tech suit and future tech glider and like we have no idea where that suit or that glider came so from. I, I haven't picked up this comic so when i when you say glider i'm thinking like green goblin glider is that the right it's kind of it's kind of like that it's like it looks like it's a cross between sorry let me like a cross between like a flying motorcycle and like a oh green goblin that looks glider, so dope yeah like her costume is awesome her glider is awesome and we there's like no there's no indication of where she got that stuff. And it's, it's part of the mystery for the reader is to figure that stuff out. Like what, what moment triggered her into deciding to become like this vigilante? Um, because it wasn't the, the tragedy in her past. Like, like it was for like Batman. She like, or it could be, but it's just not really gone into in this issue. So it's like, there's it's not clear when she decided to, to suit up and where she got the suit from where she got this tech from because like she's rich but there's there's no like back cave equivalent that where she's got somebody building the stuff for her so i don't know where where she got it from um she exhibits instances of like having super strength but it's not clear whether that's like an innate power that she has like if she's like a meta or if she that's like the suit giving her those powers so there's a lot to like unwrap with this and i that makes you really excited because it's like if you start reading something like batman nightwing superman you kind of you kind of know about them a lot and there's like this doesn't seem like there's like new mysteries to learn about these characters, but for Mother Panic, for Violet Page, there seems to be like a lot of stuff that we don't know, and I feel like half the fun of reading this book is going to be like getting those little flashes of her history, and then like to to see more of her like mission, what that mission is, and like is she going to go down the path of being a hero? Is she going to go down the path of being a villain? Like is she going to like be at odds with Batman. Like this issue certainly suggests that she has like some issues with Batman or like whatever that is, or she doesn't like care for, she doesn't seem to care about Batman. Like everyone else in Gotham is portrayed as, is portrayed as like feeling about Batman. Everyone in Gotham civilian wise seems to be like, Oh man, Batman, he's so great. Whatever. Right. But Violet doesn't seem to, to have that mentality. Um, almost the first time you, you made her in the book, um, she's talking about Gotham City, and she says that sometimes she feels like Gotham would be better off if it was burnt to the ground. 
And so that's like kind of the mindset you get for this character. And so it's, I think it's, it's, it's really different because it's like every, every hero in Gotham seems to be like pretty firmly on the side of like doing good. And then every villain seems to be firmly on the side of doing something else. So it's, it's really interesting to see this character who is like, doesn't know yet where she wants to like, does she, she wants to get vengeance on somebody, but is it like Punisher vengeance or is it like Batman vengeance or like, and so I think a lot of the fun of this is like to see where that goes. And I think as, as a single issue, it does a really good job of, of refamiliarizing you with Gotham, but also really selling you on, on this here, this new character and giving you enough incentive to want to read issue two. So it's a, it's a really good first issue, I think in terms of, first issues you know excellent well i i need to pick this up now this sounds awesome yeah it's it's definitely i'm definitely keeping it on my pull list i i'm i and i love the the fact that you know batman and shit are they're 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 a factor in here but they're not like a major factor so it's it's really cool when you see a panel of batman you're like oh shit like what's what's gonna happen here and then later on you see like a panel of alfred <laughs> And it's just like, oh, snap, because it, it feels like it makes it feel like um, Gotham isn't just what Batman sees or what the Bat family sees. And it's more like something that exists without them also. And so you see like Mother Panic operating in parts of Gotham that you don't see Batman and you don't see any of the Bat family. And so there, there's still like layers of like crime and shit going on that they can't even get to that Mother Panic seems to be like knee deep in so it's cool to see that too i i really enjoy that because from what you're saying like gotham city's it's it's its own character it's alive and i feel like not only you have this new character so you have the novelty establishes like endless possibilities of storylines like of her origins her motivations and uh, her potential interactions with the Bat family or her own rogues gallery, whoever, whatever they may be. But like, I really like the the fact that it's exploring parts of Gotham that you haven't seen before. That's 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 really cool. Yeah. Plus, it's it's for mature readers. Um, it says it on the cover, so like, there's there's a lot of swearing, there's a lot of blood, there's like a serial killer that I didn't really even mention that like murders people as an art piece and it's like very violent and really it's like i I, yeah i can't wait till till you know mother panic like crosses paths with this person and it's just like it's cool it's it's a really good read especially if you're like a fan if you're a fan and you're familiar with batman and gotham city but you want something that feels tonally different like even like somehow darker than batman even is then like this is a good this is a good pickup i definitely recommend it excellent well definitely check it out thank you thank you so much for your review yeah all right so uh we're gonna wrap it up with uh with one more topic uh we're running a little bit over but that's okay i had some trouble finding a topic and then i read this piece of news and then uh, earlier this morning so i had to represent over the weekend jackie chan he was awarded an honorary Oscar at the 8th Annual Governor's Awards or on Saturday night. Tom Hanks, Michelle Yeoh, and Chris Tucker presented Chan with the award as the final presentation of the evening. As a token and a symbol of their appreciation of everything that he's done for, for cinema, Jackie Chan's been working in cinema, both Hong Kong cinema and Hollywood, for 56 years. 
I, I did not realize he had over 200 films under his belt, but wow, just his, his career is so prolific. I'm a huge martial arts movie fan. That was like one of my favorite hobbies and pastimes watching with my dad. And it's just, it's just really great after all this, all, all these years, all the, the hard work that Jackie Chan has been doing that he, he's officially recognized. He's one of those living legends. I don't think people, I don't think people give enough recognition to, you know, we have a lot of living legends that are getting old. You know, you got Ian McKellen and Anthony Hopkins and, and I feel like with Hollywood, you don't really hear about Jackie Chan in recent years. Um, uh, you had Karate Kid back in 2010, but if you're in the know, Jackie Chan's still been churning out movies like crazy. Like he's been doing, uh, what's it called? He created this like Indiana Jones meets, it's, it's, like, it's like Jackie Chan is Indiana Jones. Uh, that was a movie that came out like 2000, 2013. Um, he's been doing less intensive martial art movies um he still he does he still does crazy stunts and and fighting but not as not to the caliber of what he used to do when he was much younger because you know he's broken hundreds of bones and he wants to take care of his body which is totally understandable he's been branching out to genres that he hasn't done in the past which i think is really great um he's always expressed an, an interest in in doing more drama and serious films and recently, he's been expanded into more like sci-fi thrillers, which is really awesome. That's one of his latest projects that's coming out. I just, I'm just so happy for Jackie Chan because he's just, he's, he, he really deserves it. He's done a lot for martial arts and comedy, which you don't really see the Oscars ever really give recognition to. I don't think the Os- I, I can't, I really can't name you a martial art film. Or a comedy film at the top of my head that, that won an Oscar. Uh, even though they're very, very important genres of, of cinema. I, just going through his filmography, there's I just realized how prolific of an actor he was. And how and I, there's I've I thought myself, I thought I was a pretty, pretty up-to-date connoisseur of martial art films, especially with Jackie Chan, but nope. Like my my watch history doesn't even drop a bucket into his incredible film history, but watching Jackie Chan movies is just a favorite pastime. And when I was growing up, I watched most of the early '90s stuff, and those uh, tend to be my favorites. So you got all the Jackie Chan police stories, Rumble in the Bronx, Who Am I, Mr. Nice Guy. My all-time favorite favorite movie of his is uh the legend of the drunken master it's also known as drunken master 2 i've always uh it's it's a sequel slash reboot of the original drunken master movie which came out i think i want to say like late 70s early 80s but the legend of the drunken master is a testament to i think i think it's it hits hands down his, his one of his absolute best films because it's it shows him in his prime doing the craziest martial art moves showing a lot of like the physical comedy that has made Jackie Chan so iconic cuz back at the uh, back when he was when he was breaking into the industry he got his first big breaks being a stunt double in Bruce Lee movies he's appeared in uh the Chinese connection Fist of Fury and Enter the Dragon and he 
Jackie Chan's always been very, very talented. He he was following the trap of being like a Bruce Lee copycat, but then then he found his own way on on how to, to become his own character, his own unique personality and identity, which is incorporating a lot of comedy into his stunts and his choreography, which is and, and this is, has since become a Jackie Chan trademark. And it's, it's been inspired by the physical comedy of other great heroes like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. And you really see that, a lot of that in Dragon Master. And it's just a great story, incredible casting. And like the final fight scene is like, even it, the movie's like 20 years old, but it still dwarves like any other fight scene you, you, you'd see today. It's just so wonderfully choreographed and insane. And of course, between 2000 and 2005, we've got the Jackie Chan Adventures, one of the greatest cartoons ever, ever. So yeah, Ugh. I love Jackie Chan Adventures. So good. Um, I, I, it's just. Did he wait? Did he voice himself? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And and I always loved at the end of the episode those mini interviews. Uh, he would get like some like uh, like some random audience member or like or some or they read it from fan mail and then it would be like. Give you, they'll give you personal tidbits about him and his life story. Like some person asked, uh, "What were you like as a kid?" and he would just give you like a like a thirty second soundbite, and it was like, "Oh, this is really cool." Jackie yeah. Chan Adventures. Just I could just, we could just do an entire podcast segment on Jackie Chan Adventures. It's just really well done and great characters and the team Jade and and oh, so good. Yeah, not, not many people know this, but Jackie Chan Adventures is actually like the true story of his it life. Really, it's a documentary. Like when when he's not filming, he's he's looking for <laughs> talismans and shit. This is true. Like, um, let me look up that movie because that movie I mentioned before. It's basically Jackie Chan playing Jackie Chan from Jackie Chan Adventures. Uh, he plays an archaeologist and he's going around the world. And he's racing against like evil crime guys who are also looking for a particular relic. Um, oh, okay, yes, uh, it's called Chinese Zodiac, and it's related to the army, the Armor of God film franchise. So there's the like Army of God and Army Armor of God to Operation Condor. Yeah, and actually, and, and it's 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 crazy. Like um, his two most recent projects i read up uh he's working with a partnership on a russian slash chinese film called uh vi 2 and i can only liken it to like a reimagining of journey to the west where i think it's like this english guy or this russian guy he's traveling he has he's he's on his epic quest and it takes him to china and where crazy monsters and sages and martial art masters are are encountered and the craziest claim to fame is jackie chan and arnold schwarzenegger in the same movie that's awesome i I heard like plenty of rumors or murmurs in the past but when the expendables was supposed to come out jackie chan for some reason was he, he was interested in the project but i he never signed on or something fell through uh we still had jet lee in in the, in the Expendables, which is still great, but I I just I just find it so awesome that two of the greatest stars from the eighties and seventies, uh, Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan, are in the movie together. There's also another new movie. 
Uh, Jackie Chan is one of his most recent projects. There's like literally not much descriptions about it right now, but it's called Bleeding Steel. It's a, it's an upcoming Jackie Chan science fiction action thriller movie. From the sounds of it, I mean, it sounds like some crazy cyberpunk movie. So Jackie Chan and cyberpunk, that's something we haven't seen before. So I'm all for it. There's also, I want to give a, a little shout out to this game for the PlayStation 1 um, called Jackie Chan Stuntmaster. And I don't know I've, if you, I've seen if I've seen Let's Play videos of this. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I fucking love jackie chan stuntmaster as a kid um apparently jackie chan did like choreography and they consulted him when they made this game to make it feel more like a jackie chan movie but basically you're running through new york city like beating up bad guys like a like um it's like a 3d beat beat them up where you're running around like picking up weapon like mops and like pipes and like beating up like like goons in in the streets of new york city and there's like there's like a level where you're fighting them like on top of a like a subway car in like the subway and so it's like i like that game was like so awesome when i was a kid and i i remember it like being very difficult but like loving it anyway and i i remember playing it like a ton so yeah jackie chan stunt master (laughs) i should really track that that game down again because that's not that's not the you know you know what i i feel like do you you know how games get licensed and get onto the psn because i feel like they just every single game should be on the psn i mean they took off jojo the ps1 game in 2014 i know what is this bs of course they they took it they took it off after i got into the anime so stupid um stuntmaster was made by midway who doesn't exist anymore. oh okay yeah. So the rights are up in the air. They're or they're, they're in limbo. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know who. Like, I'm I'm sure nobody was like, oh, we gotta get the IP for that Jackie Chan Stuntmaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> I doubt that happened. Um, but I mean, they brought all the Disney games for the PS1 to the PSN. So I don't know. You know what? Figure something out. You know out. what, Stan? I think I think I found a new calling in life. You know, we, you know what we're gonna do. Uh, I think we should. I think we should learn how to program and code and recreate Jackie Chan. <laughs> let's, let's let's buy the IP <laughs> yes. for Jackie yes. Chan Stuntmaster and revive it. And re- it. remake it in Unreal Engine. Do you know how awesome that yeah, would let's be? Let's go. Let's do it. That's yeah. a plan. There we go. Oh, God. So we love Jackie Chan. Congratulations on your Oscar. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing your new movies, especially Vi 2 and Bleeding Steel, because Jackie Chan is getting into like sci-fi and just genres that we haven't seen before. Just keep doing that. That's awesome. I mean, keep doing action movies. We love that too. Um, but you know, just yeah, Jackie Chan. He's really inspiring. He's just you know, he's just, he, he he wants. Um, he doesn't want, yeah, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just a renaissance man. That, that's, there's no other way to, to express it. I think that's it for the show. Uh, well, thank you for listening. That's 88. I'm sorry? I said that's 88 in the bag. Yeah, the crazy 88s. We're going to be hitting episode 100 in like 12 weeks. A couple months. That's, yeah. Jeez. But uh, we, we, we always enjoy this. We, we've done this 88 times, and we'll do it another 88 times. And this is all for you guys.
We'll do it another 888 oh, times. Oh, snap. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But thank you for listening. This was episode 88. We really appreciate you uh, being part of our Super Nerd Pals family. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You can join our community. So we have a very prolific and robust Facebook group. Stan? Facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals. Thank you. And we're up to 487 members. So uh, keep sharing. Keep inviting your friends. Keep posting all those dank memes and all those news that you love. And uh, just keep having fun. You can also contact us on Twitter. So on Twitter, uh, you can find us at Super Nerd Pals. You can find Stan on Twitter at... Stan Doom. 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 You can find Andy on Twitter at SweetJustice1. That's SweetJustice, O-N-E. And you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. You can also visit our website at uh, SuperNerdPals.com where all of our links to the show, social media, and occasionally blog posts are posted there. Don't forget to like, rate, and share, and subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed any of our episodes... Uh, whether that's Super Nerd Pals or our sister podcast like Dragon Chat or Anime is Weird, uh, give us a rating and give us a positive review. And uh, the, the reviews really help. Uh, the, the better the reviews, uh, the better uh, we, we get to deceive and control and manipulate the iTunes algorithm so more of you guys can see our show. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everyone. And until uh, then. We're all friends here. We're all friends. We're all pals. Uh, until then, or until next week, uh, enjoy Pokemon. Enjoy Dragon Ball Fusions. Uh, enjoy, enjoy. I really, I really hope it comes out because that'd be really, that would be really unfair if they said it came out the sixteenth and then it just it, nothing. Because then I'd be like, what, the, what? Yeah, quality control, Amazon and GameStop. You know, get your shit right because you can't, you can't play with our emotions like that. But uh, so. Have fun, everyone. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. One more thing.